When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition, Cricket Badger Podcast. We kill it every week to you on a Monday evening and uh, we've had Billy Goldman on, we've had Ben Slater on and tonight it's uh, my great pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Darren Stevens. How are you sir? Welcome back. Thank you very much, thanks for the invite. And uh, very kind of you to score a blistering 190 the other day to uh, give me <laughs> some advertising for this podcast. Uh, yeah, it was a good day, it was a good day. It's a bit of a blurb. Yeah, one for uh, the memory bank. Knuckle, welcome back. Thank you, James. Yeah, delighted to have uh, the man of the hour. Um, one of very few bright spots and it was a pretty bleak and blustery weekend of county cricket. Weather's not been kind to us over the last fortnight, has it? And Ollie, Ollie's back with us. Yeah, uh, hi. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. It's great to be on there with Darren, actually. Especially, as Knuckle said, man of the moment. And yeah. have been man of the last few years, to be fair. Let's <laughs> start off with you, Darren. Can can you feel the love out there? Do you pick up on that when you look around social media and you, you hear what's being said about you? Because you seem to me to be um, somebody that kind of crosses over between all of the 18 counties. There's a lot of admiration out there for you at the moment. Yeah, I, I think it's more love for... Uh like to push me in retirement especially for the batters <laughs> no yeah no I do I, I, I think you know I'm a pretty a pretty easy going sort of chap and I get on with quite a lot of people and I get a lot of stick from the lads actually whenever we're on a away trip I'm never out for dinner with them I'm always out with the oppo or friends of the opposition that uh, I've spent time with over the years and I suppose I've, I've met a lot of uh, that's what happens isn't it you play for a long time you meet a lot of people and you make a lot of friends so um, I'm lucky to have that I suppose well we've got plenty of questions to ask you tonight so uh, we'll get cracking through them i'm going to start off though we do a feature on this podcast in the spotlight where i ask you a little bit about yourself and see if you know yourself in terms of your stats and what have you ben slater last week got nine out of ten billy goodman got 8.5 out of ten so there's no pressure here darren but we'll start off with a question that you can't get wrong there is a point for this one regardless of what you say who will be the first name on the team sheet of the best 11 you have played alongside <laughs> Verinda Saywak? That's not a bad shout. It'd be in most people's best 11s of various things, wouldn't they? Verinda Saywak? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. This gets a bit tougher now. This is how well you know yourself, really. What is your highest first-class score? 237. Correct. Your first-class debut was for Leicestershire against Cambridge University at Fenners when you were 21. How many runs did you score in your only innings of that game? Oh, wow. 27. 
He's correct. Well done. That came out of the back of your memory, didn't it? No, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. Your highest T20 score is 90. Who was it against? Sorry. Sorry is correct. At the Oval in 2015. For two points, this is. You hit 15 sixes in your 190 knock last week. You were one six short of the record of 16 in the county championship, which is shared by two players. A point for each one. Who are they? Andrew Simons. Is one of them. Graham Napier. Is the other one. Correct. They're doing rather well so far. Full house so far. You currently, Darren Stevens, top the runs and wickets charts for Kent this season. You have two centuries. There have been two other centurions for Kent. Name them. Daniel Drummond and Jack Leaning. That is correct. Right. You're full house so far coming into the final stretch here. This is a question that everybody so far has struggled with. Let's see if you do. In which year was Kent County Cricket Club founded? Head in his hands at the moment, listeners. Head in this his hands. So bad. This is on my shirt. Hey, uh, it's so bad. 1870? Correct. Oy! Correct. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Get in there. Who says the memory dims? Two points um, up for this final question then. Who are the other four players to be named on the five wisdom cricketers of the year? You were one of them, obviously. There were four other ones. If you get two of them, you get one point. If you get all four, you get two points. Zach Crawley. Yes. Jason Holder. Yes. Oh, no. That's, that's, that takes you to nine points. For the full oh, house, you need the other two. Oh, mate, it's so bad. Is that cool, Jason Holder? Oh, no, that's so bad. It's bad at midnight. Sorry. Me giving yeah, up. The other two, Dom Sibley ah. and Mohamed Rizwan. Yeah, no. So that's, that leaves you with nine then. Join at the top of the table with Ben Slater then after you're uh, in the spotlight round. Just off, off the back of that final question there, obviously to be named as one of the, uh, the five cricketers of the year. That's quite an honour, isn't it? At any stage of your career. Does that, does yeah, that mean uh, a lot to you? Yeah, massive, mate. It's um, to be, you know, there's a there's a couple of Kent greats on on that board as well. And it's it, to be on the board uh, at the club is a huge honour, but, you know, Wisdom's like a worldwide thing. So it's, um, you know, I'm so proud in myself, really, to be, you know, to put myself in the shop window for it and then obviously getting it is, yes, yeah, massive honour, massive honour. Well, the, the Cricket Badger podcast is named on, I can't remember what page it is, but it's named in Wisdom this time. And I was absolutely delighted by that. To be named as one of the five cricketers of the year um, is yeah. something that uh, the rest of us can only dream of. So uh, well done <laughs> for doing that. Who knows wins? Download our app right now from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and play against your friends with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. Who knows wins in a league of their own? Knuckle, let's pass across to you. Have you got any questions for Darren? Yeah, well, just on the wisdom thing, a lot of people were saying this weekend that Lawrence Booth, editor of Wisdom, might have gone a year too early with that one. <laughs> Talk to me about this this particular one hundred this particular innings against on has to be one of the windiest days I've ever seen counting cricket. I was almost getting seasick watching the the live stream. You came in, you came in with the team in trouble, eighty for five. Michael Neeser's bowling beautifully, so it's kind of a two part question. One. A lot of people are getting very excited about Michael Nisa very suddenly. I have a lot of, I follow a few Australian journalists who are making serious claims for him to be in the Australian test team for this year. So talk to me about facing Michael Nisa. And then also, was the counter-attack a deliberate decision? Was it a case of we need to get some runs on the board? Or was it just one of those things that just kind of happened? For a start, Michael Nisa, I think, is a, is a fine bowler. He was one of these when he... 
when I first came in, I don't know the first ten balls or so, it, it was it was hitting the splice every ball, and because he's quite short and he's skiddy, I wasn't expecting that. But every ball was hitting the splice. But I, th- I think he's a he's a fine bowler. And then the the game itself, the innings itself, sorry, was more. Um, young guy Gilchrist uh, Nathan Gilchrist come up from Somerset joined us last year really nice like good bowler and he can hold a bat so it was more about I said to him look let's just try and face a few balls here try to keep it quite light hearted in the middle we had a bit of fun a bit of a laugh um, and he played nicely face I just you know I said to him if you face as many balls as you can you know let's try and face 20 balls 40 balls 50 balls and you know I think he faced 55 balls and then that was great and then when Miguel came is that Miguel came in is actually where the the fun sort of started. I got a hundred early season um, against Northampton, and uh, it's a lot down to him again, actually, because he as he walks in, I was about seven sixty seventy not out, and he the first thing he said to me was, "I'll get you to a hundred, man. I'll pl- I'll block it." You get 100, and then I'll play shots. <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay. So then when he came in this time, he went, um, I said to him, how are you going? He said, yeah, I'm good. What do you want me to do? And I said, well, you just play the line. If you nick it, you nick it. If you don't, let's pat it back. The longer you stay in, the more runs I'll get. And um, he says, okay, I can do that. And the, I suppose the rest is history. He, he kept patting it back. I kept getting off strike. He faced two balls. I hit a four or a six or an it, we just got in a rhythm for about 15 overs. They never changed anything. I faced three balls, get off strike. He faced two balls. I faced three balls. He faced two balls. It was just mad how it worked out. I kept looking. I looked up at the board just to, because our target was to get to 150. We got to 150. Right, let's get 180. It's a decent title. Got to 180. Got to 200. And we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then all of a sudden we were 250. And I was like, we got a chance of getting 300 here. And then we, we're back in the, the pound seat. So he did a remarkable job. And he, he basically, you know, he asked me what to do. And I said, right, well, do this. And he did it brilliantly. And, you know, I, I, I did the rest. It was good. It was really good. You make it sound uh, remarkably easy, 190 of 149 balls, just um, with that partnership with Miguel Cummins that was just joyous to to behold. The highest percentage of 150-plus first-class partnership in the history of first-class cricket, yeah. which is quite quite something. Uh, with the, the, the win, were you conscious of that? Yeah, yeah hugely. It was... Um... In a way, I was I was lucky because there was when the spinner came on, he came on with a short boundary, but it was into that strong breeze, and I I just backed myself to if he bowled it to hit it into the short boundary, backed myself to hit it over. But everybody else, I was literally trying to hit it as high as I can to the longer boundary, but with obviously with the wind, um, that's where you know I play a lot of golf and I use the wind a lot because I play on a links course down in Sandwich, a place called Prince's Golf Club, and beautiful course, but it's always windy, so you always try and play with the wind use it to your advantage and that's all I did with a bat really mate I you know I, I looked to use the the wind as much as I can got the ball in the air and it, it basically sailed a couple I got lucky a couple of times I didn't hit him very well but I got him high and the, the wind just took him over the boundary for me it's fascinating insight into as I say what was a, a bright spot in a otherwise pretty you know apart from that sorry Middlesex game at the end a pretty grim sort of weekend for watching yeah. cricket yeah it was it was horrible and I feel you know we had we had our drains done I don't know about 10 years ago and they've been brilliant for years and then you know we've had so much rain this month it's been a joke like no rain at all in April all of a sudden we get to May from day one in May just it's hosed down every day and I, I feel so much for our ground staff because you know they were getting the covers on and off on and off on and off and because it was so 
flippant. It was, you know, there'd be a, a black cloud, rain, then it, the sun would be out. So the covers would be off and they'd be back on again and they'd be off again. And, uh, you know, I feel for them. They did a great job, but unfortunately the, the ground just couldn't take the amount of rain that we've had over the last month. I can't remember which county it was. It was something like a month's worth of rain in two days. Yeah. Oh. The, the ground stuff at cricket grounds, the unsung heroes of county cricket, are they really? They remind, remind me a little bit of Postman. When you see them walking around in the sunshine, you think, oh, it's a great job. But when it's absolutely hosing it down with rain, there are better jobs to be had. Blackratcricket.co.uk You've probably spent lockdown dreaming about scoring runs and taking wickets. Well, let Black Rat Cricket kit you out and take you towards success. Blackratcricket.co.uk They've got a swanky new website and if you quote Badger when you check out, you can get yourself 15% off. Blackratcricket.co.uk Join the infestation. Um, let's get uh, back to last week's question. I mentioned that Ben Slater left you a question last week. And okay, yeah. we, we've had a little discussion between ourselves and we don't want to make this a, <coughs> a podcast about your age and how long you've been in the game because you've asked that all the time. But Ben Slater has done. And he basically says, are you going to make 50? <laughs> I'll be happy if I make the end of the summer. <laughs> Look, every year for the last... I've been... You know, when I, I got released from Leicester in 2004, joined Kent, and I said to myself back then, and I said, if I make it till I'm 36, I'll be I'll be very happy. Made it till I'm 36. And then every year after that, I've basically just signed one-year contracts. And it'll be the same this year. I'll get to June time, and we have our appraisals, as we do every year when you and your last year. Um, I'll sit down and, you know, hopefully Paul Gowton will say to me, Darren, what do you want to do? And if he says that, and my body's okay, then I'll say I'd love to play for another year, Paul. Is that is that okay? Unfortunately, it's not been the case the last couple of years. I've had to fight it a bit more than uh, as easy as that sounds. But um, hopefully, I feel like my mind, my body at the minute, touch wood, you know, I, I feel good at the moment. You know, I'd love to play for another year. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But to get to 50, that's that's a big ask. A big ask. Ollie, I'll come to you in just a second. So I know I haven't brought you back in yet. Uh, but I had some really good questions on Twitter for you, Darren. And one of them kind of relates to what we've just been talking about. So I'll bring it in early. Tim Dart says, where did Darren realistically think he'd be now um, if you thought about it 10 years ago? Did you think he'd still be playing um, and also, Tim expresses his admiration for you, so it's worth mentioning that as well. Okay. Okay, so 35, I'd have, in my head back then, I suppose I'd have been, like I said there, you know, if I made it to 36, I'd be happy. So I'd probably be end of my career, maybe one, two years max, um, looking at maybe going down the coaching front. Yeah, maybe lining up a, an academy or hopefully try and get into a county or something like that. I was going to bring Ollie in, but he's, uh, he's just vacating his chair. So we'll come back to one of the uh, questions on Twitter. Goofy Shanks uh, says, um, how would you define, Darren, your love for cricket to us as, as spectators? Um, the longevity and the pure joy he has when he plays is evident. But what does it mean to you about going out there on the field every day, doing what we think you love day in, day out? Is that the case? Has Goofy, Goofy Shanks got that right? Are you just enjoying every moment? Every minute, right? Every minute. I, I'm not going to lie. I think from 10 o'clock in the morning, or say from 9 o'clock in the morning to 10.30 when we're doing the warm-ups and we have to run up and down and do all the, the little bits and bobs, I'm not as cheerful. But um, like when I when I cross the rope, mate, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up for the game. I'm up for competing with the bat, the ball, whatever it may be. It's um, I love the game so much. You know, I have a lot of desire 
to keep competing. So, um, yeah, the game itself, I love so much. Just one more from the uh, Twitter listeners. I, I like this question. Um, Marco asks, do you prefer batting or bowling? I mean, you started out as a batsman. You were me batsman when you first started your career, weren't you? But do you, prefer, uh, I, do, you prefer, do you prefer batting or bowling? How do you think you would fare facing yourself in each discipline? If you're bowling against yourself, how would you get on? And if you were bowling to yourself, how would you get on? I am a professional batsman, James. The bowling is um, something I've learned along the way over the years. Um, you know, I picked a lot of brains when I was at Leicester. Um, Jack Birkinshaw, um, Vince Wells, Gordon Parsons when he was just finishing, uh, Phil DeFreitas, Phil Simmons. And then I moved to Kent and I uh, did a lot of work with Mark Elam. Um, so, uh, and to be fair, I'm not going to lie, when I used it more, bowling I used more as a, I've got 96 overs to get through the day. I need to get through the day somehow. And if I can bowl five overs, 10 overs, 15 overs, it breaks it up beautifully. So that's how I looked at it back then. Um, you know, I used to do a lot of bowling with the old ball from, you know, 70 to 80, 90, whatever it was back then. Um, and I, I loved it. I used to get to 70, 80 overs, 70 overs, and I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm like a, a kid in a candy store again because I'm, I'm getting to have a little play around with the ball and try and get it wicket and whatever. But um, yeah, it's, to me, I'm a professional batsman and where. I've been given a chance to to take a new ball and try and get a few wickets here and there. So that's how I see myself. Ollie's back in his chair. Ollie, over to you. So think about this year's cricket. What, who's in the conference you play at Conference Three? Who's the um, best young batsman and bowler uh, that you've come across under the age of sort of twenty five? Um, uh, I'm going to be a bit biased here. Batsman, I'm going to go um, young Ollie Robinson at um, Kent. Um, I'm, you know, I'm. I'm I'm seeing him day in and day out. Um, and to me, I think he's an exceptional player. I hope he gets to to play a little bit of white ball because I think that might free him up a little bit more. Um, but four-day cricket, um, I think he's up there with uh, one of our best players at the club at the minute. Um, I think he's outstanding. Keeping and opening the batting in county championship cricket is not an easy gig. No, see, this shows the character of the kid, right? So this week we made a few changes in the side and the captain Billings came back in and Sam basically went to him and said, look, we're Daniel Ben Drummond's moved down the order and he's going to bat five, six. So you're going to bat seven. Oh, no, he says to him, actually, he said, you can bat seven or if you want, you can open the baton. And within a second, he said, I'll open the baton because I want to get big scores. And, you know, I've got mass respect for him. You know, he took it on, he got 40 yard, you know, Nisa, you know, world-class bowler with a new ball, played him beautifully. Yeah, and he's, um, I, I just think he's outstanding, one to, one to watch out for. Bowling-wise, um, I like this lad, Thomas, Thompson from Yorkshire. Jordan, yeah. Yeah, I like him, mate. Um, he's a bit of a, he's a traditional sort of English swing bowler, but he's a little bit skiddier than you'd expect. And um, he's just got a bit about him. I, I, I quite like the way he goes about his game. Um, he's quite, he can be quite aggressive and in your face a little bit, but he's a left-hand bat and he's a nice bat. He likes to strike the ball. Um, I think he's a good all-round cricketer. Um, let's add a couple more questions on the, on the from the listeners uh, before we get back into the, uh, the rest of it. Matt Tuff says... <laughs> Who would you ideally like to present your England cap in a few weeks' time? <laughs> oh, very funny. If you were to, who would? If, okay. Um, I'd have to say... Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> you'll like this. James Whittaker, because he sacked me from Leicester. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Brilliant. Uh, okay. I, on a serious note, on a serious sorry, so on a serious yeah. note, probably um, Alistair Cook because he's, oh. a, he's a, one of the greatest men you'll ever come across. That's, yeah, good answer. Good answer. Going back into last year, Darren, and I don't want to make this a bit morbid, but condolences, obviously, for the loss of your father, um, COVID-related illness, wasn't it? And, and you went uh, and stayed in a caravan, wasn't it, to kind of support your mum at the time? I mean, yeah. it, there's a lot of people out there that really sort of struggled last year in particular, wasn't there, with all the COVID stuff. But you in particular, with the loss of your father and everything, how much, how much was a kind of salvation and, and what have you was cricket when it returned? Yeah, massive. Um, it's It got me away from it, really. And I, I spent three weeks he was in hospital for he was in hospital for a week hospice for a week and then passed and then I couldn't see my mum for 10 days so it was like nearly three three and a bit weeks I was in a caravan on my own yeah going through that was pretty hard and then um you know I I, I got down with us and she stayed with me and my wife Katie and the kids um Flynn and Leo for um a few weeks um and that was when we started getting back into to cricket. But it was, yeah, it was a bit of a, it was a saviour really because it could have been, it was, it was a horrible time, one of the worst times I've ever had in my life. But um, it, it sort of, it, it shaded it a little bit and gave me a bit of a boost for the rest of the year really. And, you know, it was, yeah, every time I was going out, uh, it was something to sort of focus on. And <clears throat> I knew why I was doing it. Yeah, I loved the game, but actually it was more I was, trying to do my best for the family and um, just to try and put a smile on people's faces at home. I can't remember what your answer was when I asked you what your greatest inspiration as a youngster was, but I, most people answer their dads. So, you know, when you're scoring centuries now, you see Johnny Berso looking up to the skies and what have you. Is he in your thoughts when you're doing that? Every time. Yeah, every, every day. I, um, we put, um, my mum came up with a really nice touch actually of, uh, we put a bench in at the ground. So I have a coffee, he's, he's under our changing room at the minute and um, I have a coffee with him every morning when I'm at home. So it's, um, yeah, so he'll be there for as long as I keep playing for whenever it may be. Ollie, you were going to talk, I mean, we, we were talking about um, Darren coming on the podcast on our WhatsApp group and Ollie was uh, wanting to ask you a little bit about the current standard of county cricket, Ollie. Not to bring age into it, but I, we were talking beforehand and there seems this year there seems to be a renaissance of the more experienced cricketer and what's behind it. Is there a specific uh, hunger or fitness thing that's a, a, a extending careers or necessarily the, the, the more traditional training they've had that helps them have a longer career? I, I'm not sure what it is or is it less games of the Red Bull cricket that we're having now compared to what it would have been in the 90s? Good question. Um Strangely, like you, you talk about maybe less games there. I'm actually, I'm actually the other way. I, I feel like I struggle if I'm not playing cricket. So far this year, for the last 25 years, I've been abroad, um, and for the last 16 years, I've been over in Cape Town playing cricket in Cape Town. But I always used to go in February and February and March just to get me sort of ticking for the summer, and then I flow into the year. And then when it comes to the summer and you're playing cricket, your four-day stuff, everything's rolling. And when you play all formats, it's great. Because say, for instance, you get off to a slow start and the four-day stuff, you've got the 2020s to sort of you get you going, or the white ball cricket to get you back going again. And But for the last few years, I felt a little bit stuck where, because I've not been involved in white ball cricket, it's sort of held me back a little bit and I've not got going. I might struggle a little bit more with certain areas on my body. And so personally, I'm a... 
I see it as I need to keep ticking over and keep playing cricket rather than having a rest here and there. So if they, if like last year they said to me, look, we've got five Champo games. Do you want to play three of them? I was like, no, I'm playing all five. Because if I if I play one and have a rest, I'm going to be even sore or stiffer the next day or pick something up. I said, I'd rather just keep going and sort of get into a bit of a rhythm um, and, and tick over. We mentioned earlier in your questions that you made your debut in 97 um, at Leicestershire. You've seen a lot of county cricket in the intervening periods. How would you rate the current standard of the game in the, in the counties? Um... And quite a few structural changes along the way as well. We've gone from we've gone from two overseas players to one back yeah. to two. We're now yeah. to this now to yeah. the conference system. The biggest change for me, a noticeable change for me, are the pitches. From when I first started to over the last, ten, I reckon, ten years actually since I've been bowling. <laughs> but um, since then, it, it's just the pitches. It's you know, back then, it's they were always you get the odd juicy pitch, but generally hard, consistent, and decent pace pitches. Unless you're playing at Sussex, where they're actually flat and turning pitches. But nowadays, I, I think personally, I think it was the two divisions that caused the, the the poor pitches to come about. Because first division, it was all about staying in the in the division because you didn't want to go out of it. You know, first division, what the first division is where everybody wants to be. Yeah, that's where all the best players are. And actually, over time, you could see all the the decent players around the circuit were all ship jumping ship and moving to the first division. That made sense because there was word on the street that England were only going to pick people from the first division. So you could see why people to do that but then to get out of the second division you needed to win games so what do you do you prepare green seamers uh, or bunsen's or but generally green wickets so people could win games because you needed to win six seven games to get out of the league so the overall picture for me was the first division became an offside game and the second division became a legside game because first division it was about bowling maidens and we'll bowl channel test cricket and then second division was about we need wickets so we're going to hit the poles um, so you bowl straighter and that, that's my overall look at how it was when it was two divisions so you know I don't think the standards as as good as it was you know 15-20 years ago because I don't think the pitches are as good you know there's been a lot of chat over the last few years about our oh, spinners have gone downhill well how can you produce spinners when you're playing on green tops that don't bowl any openers the last spinner to take a fifer at Canterbury was uh, Adam Riley in 2014 and it'd be the same at you know, a lot of different grounds. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I'd say the, the the standard's gone down, but it's it's the pitches that has been the big problem. One kind of unexpected, perhaps, or unforeseen element of the conference system is actually we've seen a lot of spinners getting a lot of overs in this first part of the block. I mean, until the rain has set in, and but we yeah. saw Matt Parkinson was doing really, really well. Don Bess was getting a bowl yeah. for Fiorch. I think Matt Parkinson bowled more overs in his first four games of this season than he had in, in an entire season. He bowled eighty of them at our place. Second yeah, game or 50-odd in one innings, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Matt Critchley was doing really well for Derbyshire. I, I think I've, I've asked Billy Godelman and I've asked Ben Slater this. Do you think they should stick with the three conf- with the conference system for a few years and at least give it some time to bed in? I, I agree. Okay, do that. But I don't think you can play seven games up front. Okay. So I, I, I bring think bring the white ball stuff in a bit further? I'd be- yeah, I'd maybe bring 50 over comp back or actually I'd change 50 over to 40 over. I thought the 40 over comp was amazing to play in and I thought it was more um, entertaining. I go on at Kent at the moment. We've we've been so unlucky with injuries. So, you know, we've lost um, for five, five senior bowlers at Kent through injury early season and they've 
basically missed, they, you know, they, they might have played the first two, all got injured. They're literally, their four-day campaign's finished. So, you know, I feel for I feel for them and it's tough for us because we've played seven up front. You lose three of your main line bowlers and it's you, you're in trouble. So I think if, you know, this is the most we've ever, I think this is the most we've ever played up front. But, um, you know, three, four early season and then white ball and then mix mix it through the summer I think would be the way to go for me that's interesting I mean they, it used to be that you used to get the, the one day cut was quite early in the season it used to be I'm interested to tell you talk about the 40 over stuff because it was always I've heard two different arguments with that one is the the surface level one is that 40 over is not an international format but then I also yes. read a bit of analysis that said actually the fact that batters were having to be more aggressive in the 40 over format allowed them to build the game which has now led to this Morgan, the Morgan white ball revolution as it were you've got players who are better to attack but in terms of you mentioned in terms of entertaining was it just the fact that it it got that little bit more intense than the than the 50 over comp it intense but it it just moved along quicker you know instead of having 20 overs in the middle where where you knock it around and I, I, I get there's a there's an actual skill to do that as well you just have five ten overs in the middle where you knock it around and then it, it's go again so it was it was always it was always in, intense and going rather than a slow period in the mo- in the middle. Um, there were some really good games as well in the CB40 just in the year that yeah. they, bin- they binned it. It was just starting to really sort of take shape and people were getting quite excited by it. And then they they, they stopped in. One of my one of my bugbears, Darren, for, I mean, the period you've played and before it was that, um, and I know Knuckles talked about this on the podcast before, that we get a, a system where we just tinker with stuff all the time. That either the format of the competition or the number of overs in the competition or we've been a competition entirely. And how we expect people who are just on the periphery of cricket to understand the game where probably some of us have to read the rules and reread them again to work out what the season's going to bring. That makes any sense to me. Well, and there's another thing of that. I talked about the this conference system betting in. So you're changing something presumably with an end goal in mind, let's say to bring spinners into the game more or whatever it might be, or bring faster bowlers into the game more. How can you possibly tell whether it's worked after a year? No, you can't, can you? Not at all. You need a few years at it. You need to give it a go. I, 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 I did some research when the year that they, they took it from first and second division or, or two first and second <laughs> division, they, there were only two seasons, I think, in the intervening period where the, the format had stayed the same from one year to another because they tinkered with it. And surely if you come up with an idea to bring in a new format or a new competition, it's a good enough idea to, as Knuckles says, to stick with it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Darren, and I don't know enough about your actual silverware as a player, but, uh, uh, you know, exactly what it is. But if someone could say to you, win a T20 finals day or win the NatWest trophy and, and, and told you at 25, which one would you choose? Uh, you know, day at Lords or the, or the win at Edgebaston and, and the whole process. Which one w- would you choose or chose at that age? The, the silence on this podcast is Darren Stevens shaking his head and grimacing. I think I'd have to go for uh, the because uh, I've not done it and I've been there four times and would not won it. I'd have to say Lords final, the Lords final. You know, I've I've won two 2020s at um, Edgebaston and don't get me wrong, there were great days, great years, great build-ups. The games, the building up to it, and the final itself, phenomenal. And in 2007, the winning runs was unbelievable. One of the best feelings I've ever had. But actually, I've been that devastated and gutted that I've been at four finals days at Lords and not won one of them. I'd have to say I'd want to win at Lords. 
Let's go back through last week's results then. Let's start with Group 1. Knots winning by an innings and 170 runs against Worcestershire. Ben Duckett, 177 not out from him. Yeah. Um, Luke Fletcher, 737 in the first innings. That's his career best figures. He's bettered that uh, twice now this season. 10 for 57 in that match as Knots took the points. Essex against Warwickshire was drawn. Peter still taking 6 for 38. And Derbyshire against Durham was also drawn. Chris Rushworth, that 6 for 49. Ben Aitchinson also taking a career best 6 for 28 in that Two players there, Ben Duckett, 177 not out from yes. him. He's obviously had his little time with England. Yes. Um, and then he's come away and maybe not quite kicked on as, as people were expecting. But yeah. he's, he's obviously a decent nick with that, that innings. Still only 26, Ben Duckett. You feel like yeah, he's been around forever. He's a good little player. I, I rate Ben and I speak to him a little bit over text and he, he calls me the flare fossil. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, So he texts me this week saying what player and obviously I, you know, we had a chat and, but I rate him. I, I think he's a, he's a fine player and he, I'm really pleased for him because he's worked hard. Um, you know, he's moved from a small club to, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world and, um, you know, he started off okay and then he's hit a bit of a low patch and it's great that the club stuck with him and he's, you know, he, he, he's come out on top this week. So I'm really pleased that he's he's um, he's got a big score this week to get him into a good place, to a uh, good position to win the game. The other player I'd like to talk to you about, Chris Rushworth. Um, he's obviously gone past the Durham record for uh, wickets uh, up there in the northeast, and then he's added six for 49 in the last week as well. He's uh, phenomenal consistency. Serious bowler, isn't he? He's he's been around for you know since well for a long time, but he's he's outstanding. Um, the way he goes about it keeps it simple as as possible and hits the stumps or hits the pads or nicks them off it's um he doesn't miss his length but he you know huge um huge player for for Durham um and he'll go down in there the Durham Hall of Fame forevermore nice to see when he celebrated as well he's got a little bit emotional there it meant something to him yeah Yeah, good on him good on him see one of those bowlers that you think is a batter oh god Chris Rusworth again Got to face yeah, it again. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You used to be worse when it was onions and Rushworth. That was that was double trouble then, wasn't it? As uh, up there in the northeast, but not top of the table now. They've suddenly remembered how to win again after uh, what was it a thousand forty something days? We talked to Ben Slater about it last week, and without a first class win, now three on the bounce there to take them top of the table. Ninety seven points. Essex in second on eighty eight. Durham. 85 and Warwickshire 78 bringing up the rest of the table it's Worcestershire 71 and Derbyshire on 54 let's move into group two Gloucestershire against Somerset drawn there Tom Abel scoring 132 not out Craig Overton continuing his good season which you've seen him call into the England team or England squad at least four for 16 there Surrey Middlesex drawn and that game at least they did try and make something of that though 64 and 104 not out for Rory Burns Mark Stoneman in the runs as well 124 for Nick Gubbins saw Middlesex to safety despite 4 for 61 and 5 for 88 from Kimar Roche Tom Abel Darren how much have you seen of him? Um, bits not a lot more the last couple of years we've played, a couple, played against him a couple of times in four day cricket he's one of these one-offs young young lad um, he's figured it out early you know he's a good all-round cricketer he's actually he's a better bowler than than he he comes across really he, he needs to he could do with bowling a bit more I think but then he, he might need to drop down the order a little bit with a bat so he could bowl a bit more but I, I think he's a, he could be a genuine all-rounder so yeah I think he's a good little player and good to see uh, that game at sorry against Middlesex being set up for a, um, a, a yeah. little bit of a finish there Rory Burns in the runs as well Darren I mean he's gone through a bit of a lean period with England but he's obviously at county level he's phenomenal isn't he I mean England yeah. I think will pick him obviously in this uh, the first test match you think he's uh, the right man at the top of the order yeah I think so I think he's a, he's a proper bloke 
Um, and he's, his cricket's just got better and better over the years. And I think the captaincy has really helped him at Surrey, you know, to grow into that man. Um, uh, I just hope, you know, I hope they give him another go and they let him run for it because I, I think he's good against the short stuff. Um, so if you're looking ahead, the Ashes coming up, um, I think he'll be good over in Australia. You know, he's always, he's, he's played all his career at, at the Oval. He's a nice bouncy pitch. Um, I think he'll be good for England. Yeah, he did well in the in the, the home Ashes 2019. They yeah. pulled more and more bouncers at him. And he after struggling a little bit early uh, early on as you know Pat Cummins is a fine bowler and was getting those bounces on target he worked out a method yeah. um, he, he was you know he was staying leg side he was cutting a, a lot and Rory Burns strikes me as someone who it takes quite a lot of faith in one's ability to bat in a slightly unorthodox he's not unorthodox exactly but an idiosyncratic way he has that mm. you know, he, he sets up with his for his dominant eye yeah. it takes a lot of courage to be able to stick to that that sort of method which is going to get noticed more when you're not scoring runs because it looks a little odd yeah and no, I uh, you know, I think people should park that and just look at the end result at the end of the day. You know, he's he's got away. Everybody's got away. Don Sibley's got away. Zach Crawley's got away. You know, Joe Root's got his own way. I see, to me, it's however they play, I don't care. If the end result is they're getting runs consistently, let them run with it and go with it. You know, don't, you, should, you know, don't criticise them unless, you know, if they're doing poorly and they're not getting any runs, so on, fine. But just, just let them be and um, let them be the player that they are. Sometimes it's just a question of perception almost is that some players, because they look a little bit, because it's unusual and because it stands out and because it's noticeable yeah. a bit more, they'll get criticised for it. Yeah. More. And I think, you know, Stephen Smith is probably an example of, or actually in this middle six game, yeah. Peter Hanscom, who has a very specific yeah. way of playing. Good, good to see Peter Hanscom finally getting some runs. It's been a pretty, pretty mm. rough year yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's an Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not then. Come on, man. This, this game was absolutely mad. Uh, I'd rather not, yeah, but yeah, he's, I, I don't know, I don't know the guy. Yeah. Were you, were you watching the end of that game? It was absolute carnage. Uh, we watched, we watched bits of it because we were on and off. So, um, yeah, it was a bit, it was mad, wasn't it? It was two and a throw all the way. Um, I thought Gubbins played brilliantly uh, to try and chase it down. I thought he, he played really nicely and like you hands can be, you know, when he finally got in, he, he looked, um, he looked a good player, uh, but I've not seen enough of him really. Is, is it quite nice, Darren, to have the, some of the England players in the county circuit at the moment? Obviously, Rory Burns, we mentioned, but you got Zach Rory at Kent, haven't you? And yeah. a number of them popping up. Is that quite nice? 100%. Yeah, definitely. You want them, you want them playing as much as you can, really. Uh, I know it's, you know, it's tough for them because their schedules are pretty brutal. But, um, you know, when they're around, it actually, like when Zach's around, yes, he's a young player. But just him being around the lads gives the rest of the lads a bit of a boost. And it'd be the same with Joe playing up at, at Yorkshire when he rocks up. You know, the lads must love it. I know our lads love Zach being around and Joe being around when he's around. And um, and obviously Sam coming back this week gave us another boost. So it was, yeah, it's great having the boys play. Gloucestershire then top of that group two table, 105 points. Somerset, they're uh, near geographical neighbours. 104 points, that's very close at the top there. Hampshire 94, Surrey 79, Middlesex 55 and Leicestershire at the bottom 51. Let's move into group three. Um, where uh, Darren is applying his trade at the moment. Kent against Glamorgan, as we've talked about, drawn there uh, with the weather. The North Hunts Lancashire game as well. Only 34 and a half overs possible at Wantage Road in that game. And I know, Ollie, um, bring you in on that one. I know you were, you were hoping to go along and see some action there at Northampton, weren't you? And didn't get a lot to choose from. No, I was tempted, but um, I'm glad I didn't spend the goal that way to watch 11 overs of cricket on the on the, um, on the the final day. And it's just, it was just disappointing because after waiting so long to watch it, it's typical like Darren said as soon as May comes along we can go into the, the grounds not able to and it's just a 
just so frustrating. But in the end, it was a tedious draw in the end anyway. So to be fair, yeah, just, not just one tackle. Just think back to the start of lockdown last year and the, what the weather was like outside of our windows when we were all stuck inside and what the weather's like now. It's just uh, the, the cricket gods aren't mm-hmm. kind. They're not kind sometimes, are yeah. they? Lancashire, top of the table, 101, Yorkshire, 98. Got Glamorgan there on 80 and North Hans on 76, hoping probably that when Lancashire and Yorkshire play each other twice, they can maybe try and come up on the rails in that division um, Kent bottom of the table there down 61 points no wins this yeah. season what, what's, the, what's the mood like in the in the camp there it's tough it, it's been tough since we lost a lot of our bowlers and then you know we get a, a couple of youngsters come in and you know we've got young Nathan Gilchrist made his debut last year first game struggled a bit and then you know he, played, he bowled nicely down at, um, up at Yorkshire sorry uh, our overseas has struggled a little bit to find his lengths and um, struggled to get wickets um, and then obviously losing Matt Milnes to an ankle injury, um, Grant Stewart to a side injury, Harry Podmore's been our go-to over the last two seasons. You know, he's probably got over 100 wickets in two years. He's, you know, he's been our um, go-to bowler. He went down first game. So it's been it's been a tough ride for us. Batters at the top of the order have struggled a little bit. So it's been, we've had a real tough start to the year, but, you know, we've got, We've got three games now. We can try and get ourselves up the table a little bit with North Ants coming up and then we've got Sussex and Lanks to finish off um, in the middle of the 2020s. Matt Quinn did nicely on his um, first game on loan for him. Not, nice guy. Not, he, got a, he got abused by the lad there, by all the lads about his, um, his tash, um, New Zealand he, tash. But, um, when, when I saw him on the TV, nice uh, on, on the feed, he looked like somebody out of the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to present him with his kink cap and um, I said, well, because um, our kink caps are proper traditional. Uh, and I said, at least the, um, the the cap will match the tash or the tash will match the cap. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a good man. Eh? He's, um, he's a really good man and he's just what we need, really. You know, he bowls maidens and um, he's not quick, but he's um, he's skillful enough. So um, he's filling some big boots at the minute for us. On the rest of the season, has there been much talk about what the second half in the, in the two divisions is or the the divisions is going to look like for those who aren't competing for the BWT. Yeah, not really, mate. No, it's, um, I think, you know, because we're fighting a little bit for a win and to be, you know, to, to get runs and to get wickets, it's a bit, we're a bit each day at the moment, you know, let's try and win a session, let's try and, you know, win two sessions, let's try and win the day. And um, rather than getting too far ahead of ourselves, it's, cliche but you know try and each session as it comes really so we're just trying to keep it as simple as we can and um, we're trying to be as clear and clear as possible in what we're doing about in our bowling Ollie you got one more question for Darren before we let him go Darren just going to say what's um, Marcus Doidis like to have around the squad and as a teammate at, at, at Kent what's he been like because um, obviously you see a lot of pictures of him and, and, and he's Australian so I thought that he might be a little can be a little bit too much for some out there but actually I'm a no, 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 so. no, no 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 actually Stoney I didn't because I didn't. I wasn't playing I was on loan that year to Derby 2020 so I didn't play much with him but I spent a bit of time with him actually and he was he was brilliant around the group um, but he actually very um, he was quite calm and relaxed and loved a beer with the boys um, spoke really well he was he was good even though he struggled because he didn't do brilliantly he got one I think he got a 40 he didn't do brilliantly but actually he was he was always upbeat and he was great with the young lads and spoke really well in meetings so he was he was a good man Sawney 
was a good man. Vastly improved the quality of the coffee on offer. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, you've got one last task on this podcast. Mentioned it to you before pressing record. And I know uh, I've been, Ant- it's been bugging me. It's been bugging me, but I know the question for Max. Uh, Anthony McGrath. Essex yeah. coach and former Yorkshire batsman is our guest next week and you have the task of asking him the first question. First question is, who is or was the Yorkshire snipper? Bet you he does not answer that. but Because uh, <laughs> it's him. Uh, yeah, 100%. 99.9% everybody points fingers at Max. He denies it. He denies it to this day. So we'll uh, see what he, you'll see what he says next week. Darren Stevens, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you back on this podcast. Pleasure to watch you on the stream last week, smashing it all over the place. And uh, good luck for the rest of the season, mate. I really appreciate it, James. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Darren. Darren. Cheers, Darren. Cheers. Bye-bye. And uh, thank you to Knuckle. Thanks to Ollie, as always, for coming on uh, every Monday as we go through this season. As we mentioned there, Anthony McGrath is going to be our guest next week on this County Cricket Podcast. Look forward to speaking up and catching up with my former Yorkshire buddy, Mags, who's obviously doing wonders down there at Essex as well, after taking over from Chris Silverwood as the coach. And um, We'll see you again next week then. We have Mags, we have plenty of County Cricket to look forward to as well, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.